0: Well, good morning again, and we, I'm so glad you guys are here, and if you're listening online, I'm still amazed, but um, I am so glad that, uh, that you guys are here. Um, last week, we started this series that we called, This Is What We Do, and, and we started talking about, as followers of Christ, since we want to be like Christ, since that's the point, since we want to be like Christ, little, that's what Christian means, little Christ that we should value the things that Christ values, right? We should want the things that God wants. We should want the things that Christ, like when we look at Scripture, we should look at what Christ did, and we should want those own things in our own life And, and because that's what we do as followers of Christ. And one of the biggest things that amazes me about God is that He has invited us in to be a part of His story, to be a part of what He is doing when we think of history, I think of what what is it that He is telling us through all through, through all throughout history because it's all His story. But we've been invited into that, and He has called us. He has equipped us. He has set us apart to be difference makers in this world in which we live. That's what He's invited us into. And what we started talking about last week is I'm going to raise this up because this is way too low. I'm short, and but and what we started talking about is is that for us to do this, for us to, for us to, to value the things that Jesus valued, is that we have, to, we have to begin to see as Jesus seen. We have to look at the world the way that Jesus looked at the world, because if we don't, we're never going to get it. And so what we did was we, we decided, listen, we, and this is what Shift Church decided to do, was we were going to take our five core values and model them after what Jesus, who Jesus was and what he cared about. And so, and what we said, we want our values to be what he values. So, that's what we're going to do. And so, last week we started, and we have counting today four more. Then, I'm really excited for the 18th because Pastor Peyton Wills from City Lights Church will be here. And he's going to talk to us about a word that encompasses all of our five core values. And that word is risk. And so, I'm really, really excited about that. But last week we started to discuss our first core value. and, And so, what we said was we at Shift Church, we believe that saved people serve people. We believe that saved people serve people, and like we said, we get we get our core values from, from Christ. And so, what we what we looked at was Mark ten forty five that say, that says, Mark ten forty five that says, "For even the Son of Man, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give His life as a ransom for many." And remember, like Christ deserved to be served, right? I mean, he was God in flesh, but he decided, he decided from the beginning that, that he, he's I'm coming to serve people because I want to show them the Father. And so we we as we as Christ followers, we said, listen, if he found it important to serve people, then we're going to find it important to serve people. Since we want to be like Christ, the first core value of Shift Church and what our hope is us as individuals is that saved people serve people. And so this week we're going to talk about our second core value, and it's a core value that we base our whole ministry on. Like it's the way, the why we do the things the way that we do them, and why and why we're, why we're so like, we're all about this. And it's this idea that found people find people. Found people find people. So since we base our core values on Christ, let's look at, let's look at this. In Luke 19.10 it says, For the Son of Man came to what? Seek to find, and to save those who are lost. And all throughout the New Testament, especially the four Gospels, we see that Jesus' driving force was reaching those we would call far from God or lost. And if you're not familiar with church and all this, what lost means is someone who doesn't have a relationship with Him, someone who is far, who is far from Him, and that's all. That's all that means. And but. It's, but here's what we have to understand. If we read through the stories of Jesus' life, called the Gospels, and there's four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when you read those stories, you see this principle blow up off the pages of Scripture. You see that Jesus is preoccupied with, that Jesus exists for. You might even say that Jesus is kind of obsessed with reaching the world around and the lost world around him. It's what he was all about. He wanted to reach the lost, the broken, the disenfranchised People and, to, and today we're going to look at a story in, John, in the book of John that I hope gives that gives that picture. But I, that before I get in, before I get into that, I hope and I want to, to, I hope my hope for 2018 for you guys is that this is the year that you take big risks in reaching the lost around you. Take big risks because we we serve a big God and we believe He's going to show up. That that you would do everything short of sin to reach the people that that's around you. God has you where you are in life for a reason. We'll get to it here in a minute. So what we're going to see that is that according to Scripture, we must embrace the fact that found people find people. And as we dive into this, I want you. I just hope I want everybody to listen to me. And if you're, this might make some people mad, but it might be a little difficult. But listen. According to Scripture, it is impossible for someone, it's impossible for someone to say they are a follower of Jesus Christ and not be concerned about the people that are far from Jesus. It's not an option for someone or a group of people that call themselves followers of Jesus to not be concerned with the things that he was concerned about. It's not an option for us. We have to be concerned. So as we look at this story in John. To wrap your minds around what's going on here, there's this guy. His name is John the Baptist. Okay. It's actually a fulfillment of prophecy where it says there will be a guy, there will be someone who goes before the Messiah, before Jesus, and prepare the way for his coming. And so you have John the Baptist, he's baptizing people um, into repentance, and, you know, and Jesus shows up on the scene, right? And he baptizes Jesus. And that when he baptized him, it's the scripture talks about there's, it's like the Holy Spirit fell like a dove on him and said, this is my son. And basically, this is the Christ. This is the promised one. And so we're going to pick up the story about on that, what happened the next day in this. And I love, I love this story because, I mean, I, get, I love a lot of things, I guess. But I love this story, and it's, in, it's starting in John 1. Verse 35, it says this, The following day, John, again, was standing with two of his disciples. So just imagine, they're over here on the, on the sidewalk, just chilling. Just, and listen to what happens. As Jesus walked by, so here's Jesus walking by, and it says, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. There is the Messiah. There's the weighted one. Right? There's the one that, we've, that I've, been, I've been preparing the way for. There's the one that we all should be following. There's that That's him. That that we like we should give our all to him, and what, uh, this is just a little side note here. I like funny later on in, in scripture, John's in prison. John the Baptist is in prison, and um, he write, sends his disciples out to ask Jesus, really, are are you the one? Like, are you the one? And Jesus sends this message back. You know, I'm healing. I'm healing the lame. I'm doing all this, and he's quoting a passage from scripture. Um, from the Old Testament. And at the end of that passage, it says, setting fris- prisoners free. But Jesus didn't tell his disciples to tell John that because was, John was going to die there in prison. He's going to be beheaded. But I just think I get this, is a, I, this, is the, this is a roller coaster to know that like, John is sitting here going, That's him. Now, I, I know I may have some doubts occasionally, and it's okay to have doubts. I still have doubts on occasion. But just know that here's John saying, look, there's a the Lamb of God, there's the Messiah. And listen to what verse 37 says. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. So here, they just started creeping on him, you know, just following him. And verse 38, Jesus looks around and saw them following him. And he's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What do you want? This is what they replied They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Because when you want to follow the Messiah, you want to know where he's at. You want to constantly know. That's why it's so important to stay close to God because you want to know where he's at. And he says, I'm never far away. You want to stay close to him. Because they wanted to be where he was. If he's the Messiah, if he is the Lord, remember a couple of weeks ago, if he is Lord, then my yes falls on him. Yes, Lord. Yes. And this is my favorite. This is one of my favorite. Listen to what, listen to what Jesus said in verse 39. Come and see, he said. Come and see. Anytime we go to follow Christ, anytime we decide to value what he valued then he says, come and see what I have for you. Like, what if your breakthrough this morning is just on the other side of you saying yes? What if, what if, what if I told you that your blessing is on the other side of you laying down your yes this morning? On the other side of you picking up your life, your cross, just to, say, just to follow him, to start valuing what he valued. The life still may be rough, Though things still may be thrown at you, or you still may have trouble, Jesus is saying, come and see what I have for you. Because in me, no matter what you face, the best is yet to come. So it was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained, which that's a whole, another sermon we can talk about there, they remained with him the rest of the day. And this is just conjecture here. And all the conjecture means is I'm going to step away from the Bible for a minute. Just kind of just maybe give us a picture. Like, can you imagine for a minute? Can you imagine for a minute what it would have been like for these two guys? Sitting in a room with the Messiah all night long. What they could have said, what he would have said to them. What they would have experienced, how they would have felt like. Sometimes I like to put myself into, into the scripture, not as like a character, but as like maybe a fly on the wall that I could taste and see and observe and see what's happening. Like I could just imagine them just sitting in awe under, under Jesus, just amazed at what he had to say. Amazed at it, what he had said. And for many of us in this room, we've experienced that. We've, we've experienced Christ on this level where he has totally transformed our lives, made us into something new. Gave, like he, he gave us a great story of life changed. We have been found in him. We have tasted and seen that he is good. And like us, they experienced this that night. They, like it flipped the world upside down. You want to know how I know that? What happens next? Verse 40 says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Everybody knows who Simon Peter was, right? The big, woo, strong Peter upon this rock I'll build my church guy, right? He got introduced to Jesus. Like, just imagine, what if we decided to take this serious? Like, and we introduced someone to Jesus, what they could have become. Like, who's the next Billy Graham? Who's the next, you know, whoever? Great champion of our faith. Like, what if it it was you that set that off? Like, so Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to what? Find. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have what? Found the Messiah, which means Christ. Because of what he experienced that night with Jesus, he began, and he began to value what Jesus was valuing. Andrew's heart was, was heavy for someone. That's why I say it's impossible to experience Jesus and not have compassion for those that are lost. Because when you experience Jesus, what happens is there's this intrinsic like, I have to tell somebody. I've got to go find somebody. Once we have been found, we've got to find others. We've we got, we got to tell someone about this life change. So Listen to what happens next. Verse 42, Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon. Son of John, isn't it kind of scary how like Jesus knows everything about you? It's kind of scary, but it's also like a, a cool thing. Like He knows exactly where you are. He knows your heartbreak, your loneliness. He knows everything that you're going through. But listen to what He says. He says, "But you will be called Cephas, which means Peter." So here, because Andrew had life change and was found and was found by Christ, he decided, "I'm going to value the things that Jesus values. I'm going to go find my brother." And hope, hoping that he experienced the same thing that I've experienced. And what happens? Simon gets a new identity. You're not Simon anymore. You're Peter. Because now, now that Andrew was no longer who he was, he introduced him to the guy who changed his world. And he got a new identity. So, like, I don't know how you came in here this morning. What you thought, you, what you thought your past holds, and what it, and what it doesn't hold, and what you should have held, but I do know what your future holds in Christ. You don't have to be the same as you once were. You don't have to live life like the rest of those around you. Christ can make you new. He can give you a new identity. He can make you something that you would have never dreamed. Like, like he. Like, I shouldn't be up on this stage right now. That's how crazy my life was. Like, I shouldn't have. Like, he can, he can give you something new. He can give you a new identity like he did Peter here. But that's not the end of the story. Verse 43, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he what? Found Philip. Said to him, come follow me, come and see. Come and see. See, Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Listen, so Philip has now been found by Christ. He's experienced something great with Christ, something huge, like a life-changing, like my life is never going to be the same. And Philip went to what? Look, or to find Nathaniel. And told him, we have what? Found the very person Moses the, and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. You know, like when you, once you, when you experience God and something, like God's really done something great for you and you're really excited, you go tell everybody and you run into that guy that's skeptic, like he's like, yeah, did God really do that? Like, for real? That's Nathaniel here. He says, Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Like, Really? like you're telling me the Messiah came from that place cuz Nazareth was known as to be like the poop hole of everywhere okay like it was it was not a great place and like it's just listen i love skeptics i love them cuz they're honest right they're very honest Like us Christian folk, we get out of the car. We're talking about this out there. We get out of the car after just yelling at our wives or being mad at somebody, or and we're all and then we get out of the car and it's like, oh, bless you, brother. You know, like we're the huge, like the biggest fake people in the world sometimes. The skeptics are like, hey, how are you doing today? My life really sucks. I like that. I like people that are honest. And I, I like how, I like how Philip addressed this, because the way Philip addressed it was exactly how he was addressed. He didn't have all the answers. He didn't have, well, I can't really explain the Nazareth thing, but this is what he said to Nathaniel. Come and see for yourself. Come and see for yourself. Come and see your breakthrough on the other side of you just coming. Verse 47. And as they approached Jesus, Jesus said, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me?" Nathaniel asked? And Jesus replied, "I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you." So there's two ideas I want you to get right here. is that one, Jesus sees where you are, He sees your loneliness, he sees your heartbreak. He knows exactly where you are, and he still wants to be, what, your savior. So it don't matter how screwed up you walked in here today. He knew how screwed up you were. He's seen it, and he still made a way for you. But here's number two. For those of us who would say, I don't know if I could really be successful in finding people. This passage gives me hope because this is the point. He, meaning Jesus, has already gone before us. He's already, he's already seen, him, seen it. He's already been working on that person. Like, he, like The reason he has you planted where you're planted, the reason he has you working where you're working, the reason he has you going to the stores you're going to, the reason he has you going wherever you're going is because he has you planted there for a reason. He's already gone before you because there's somebody there. There's somebody there that, said, that God's saying, that's him, that's your Nathaniel, that's your Nathaniel. He has you planted there for a reason he's gone before you he's already made a way and all you have to do is step out and open that mouth share your story and listen listen to this just in that short encounter listen to what happened in verse 49 then nathaniel exclaimed rabbi you are the son of god the king of israel and jesus asked him do you believe this just because i told you i've seen you under the fig tree you will see greater things than this you will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth, you will, you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going, going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Some translations say the ladder between heaven and earth. And this is a reference back to Jacob's ladder in the Old Testament, a prophecy of someone coming and bridging the gap between us and God. And Jesus is sitting there telling his disciples, I am that ladder. And you guys, are, your world's about to be blown with what you're going to see over the next three years. But because two guys decided to begin to follow and value the things Christ, this movement of Christ, it multiplied. We're not about addition here. We're about multiplication. We want to see this thing blow up. Because faith is, faith multiplies. That's why if you're taking notes, you can write this. Faith does not just maintain Faith multiplies. Matthew 25, 20, anybody? Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. I've earned five more. That's faith. That's what faith is. Like I'm giving. It's Christ's sake. I have faith in you to carry this message and give me a little measure of faith back and bring it back. Invest in people. That's why these two guys now become four because they took serious the faith that they that they explained that they that they took in. But I know it's like Derek, I don't know if I have have time. And if I was to be honest with you, not that I would lie to you. But here's just me being brutally honest. Save the excuse. Save it. It's not about having time. It's about making time. If it matters to you, you'll make time. If you really value what Jesus valued, because as followers of Christ, that is what we are to do. That's who we are. And as Luke says, we are to seek the lost, to find the lost, because that's what Jesus did. And if we're going to be like Jesus, we know that found people find people. We're going to take big risks. We're going to do everything short of sin to reach the people around us. It's what we do. We make a difference because we follow the difference maker. If we go back to verse 50, I love this. I love verse 50. Jesus asked him, Do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. I'm we'll gonna step back over here in my conjecture world real quick, but can you? I, I, I can just picture Nathaniel here with Philip. It's just like sitting around a campfire three, in, in, in part of this three years, just looking over and just saying, Thank you. Because I'm sure he's seen some really great things, right? Jesus walking on water, miracles, Jesus doing performing miracles, healing the blind. Like I can just picture him saying, thank you for coming and finding me and allowing me to be a part of this, for me to experience this. Because of you, I got to see this. I got to see some really great things because you invited me to come and see what what you had found. It also reminds me of this other passage in John 14, starting in verse 12, that says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me, anyone who believes in me, who follows me, who values what I value, who, whoever believes in me will do the same works I have done. But not only that, this is Jesus talking, and even greater works. Because I'm going to be with a father. You ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Here's Jesus saying, you thought what I what I did was great? Imagine, just wait till you do, and see what you can do in and through me. If you allow me to... I mean, to control your life, to be, to be at the main part of your life, not just secondary, hope this works kind of thing. I mean, you really dig down, value him, and follow him. You will do things greater than I even did here on earth. So here's what I'm asking for. that God do something so big in and through our lives and in and through our church that only God can get the credit for it. That we take serious the call that found people find people. That we express to those around us to come and see. Come and see what God can do in you. Because if, it, if it's what's important to Christ then I want it to be what's important to me. My hope and my prayer is that, that, that it becomes so important to you that it is just what you do. It's what we do. He has invited us, like I said at the beginning, He has invited us to be a part of something so much bigger than us. So much bigger than us. He has called us called each and every one of us to be those people that find other people. He's called every one of us. He's equipped every one of us. He's given you what you need to share your story. You know why? Because He's giving you a story to share. He's, so He's equipped you. He's called you. He's equipped you. And He's set you, you and me apart to be difference makers. Because if we're going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus who is a difference maker and we, we're difference makers too. But it all starts with us seeing as Jesus saw and devaluing the things that Jesus valued. That's why we have to serve people. That's why we give of our time to do things for people. That's why we lay our lives down to see others Move forward. We give of ourselves. We serve people. And as followers of Christ, we find people. That's what we value. We value to serve people. Save people, serve people. Found people, find people. Those are, what are important to us. That's what's important to us. Next week, we'll discuss another one that's equally as good. But before we can do any of the others, we have to say, I value these. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be part of the way. I want to be a Christian. I want to be little Jesus's and be a light to my world. Here's my prayer. That this morning, that this morning that we just that we just take just a minute of just of just reflection. Everybody, bow their heads and close your eyes. Just for a minute. And this this is really just a conversation between between you and God here. And the conversation is this: is maybe that maybe you haven't really valued this because I mean, it's basically the essence of who Jesus was. Why he why he was doing his ministry here on Earth. Maybe your prayer is, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Maybe it's God, give me that opportunity to face that person who I'm scared to death to talk about, talk to about you. Maybe that's your yes this morning. Or maybe it's just the fact of you saying, I, I really didn't value things that you value, and I want to begin that. Give me opportunities to serve. Give me opportunities to find people that's far from you. Let me be like like these guys in this story of being so excited about what we've experienced in you. I've got to go share that with somebody. They may think I'm weird. It's okay to be a little weird. Give me that opportunity. So God has prayed that as we sit here in reflection of you, that this these next moments as we sing another song isn't just us doing some lip service to you, but it's it's a it's a crying out that we are broken vessels that can be used for your glory. And so, God, my, my, my prayer is that this becomes our heart cry, that you break our hearts for what breaks yours, and let us let us take serious the idea that found people, find people, because it's what you value. It's the whole purpose you were here, to bring us closer together with God. You are that ladder. You are Jacob's ladder that set, that closes the gap between us and the Father. Like, you're it. Government's not it. The school system's not it. The mamas and daddies aren't it. You're it. Now, I just pray that there's somebody here that maybe there is that gap there between that today you become that ladder for them. Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. And their resurrection and what that means to us, that we no longer have any fear of death because we're no longer separated from you. We're with you forever. And I just pray that, I pray that becomes all of our mantra here this morning, that we are with you. We are with you. I pray all this in your name. Amen.